Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of our student experience here at the Speaker Lab is the coaching that is integrated into our programs. And our team has the experience and expertise that it takes to help our students gain confidence, clarity, and follow that clear path to their own speaking success. And so during our Coaches Corner podcast series, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and a member of our coaching team. So whether you are at the very beginning of your speaking journey or or a well-seasoned veteran in the industry. Regardless, our coaches are meeting you where you're at and equipping you to take you to the next level. So I'm going to hand the mic over to them. And I know that you're going to love hearing from our coaches. So let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. I'm Mary Alice Goldsmith, Director of Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. And today I'm joined by one of our fabulous coaches, Jeremy Rochford. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? Hello. For this episode of the Coach's Corner series, we are going to deep dive into this one mistake, and there's probably a little sub mistakes in there as well, that is costing you thousands in your speaking business. Jeremy, how are you? I'm fantastic. I've got oh. some tea. I've got some good content. I've got a fantastic person who I'm going to speak with today. I'm just, I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. I mean, I've got a green smoothie with surprise cacao nibs in it every once in a while. Like it is going down. So I have my happy on because I have my cacao nibs in my smoothie. What's funny, and I'm not going to reveal my age or your age, but I'm going to assume that we're of similar age to our listenership. Okay. It's amazing how much things change, right? Like I remember my 20s, it was like coffee for life. Oh, yeah. And now here I am not in my twenties <laughs> and I look forward to tea. I'm like, yeah, tea me up. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, and how things change. <laughs> one thing about yourself, right? Like when you were of a different age, were you thinking like, man, cacao, no, green no. smoothie. This is the life. No. no, it was like legit milk chocolate all the way today. I wouldn't even touch it. Right. Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. I mean, we could do a whole health and wellness episode. That would be interesting, we but should. we want to do a health and wellness episode on your business. And so how do you like that? You like that little pivot? That was a seamless <laughs> transition because that's true. But like, right, like it is, this is what we're going to talk about today. And you're, you alluded to it. Well, there are others, but for those who are familiar with the big domino concept, this is one of the biggest dominoes. Yeah. And if you can get this right, it will leave and, and remove a lot of the other secondary issues. So yeah. way to tie it back in, but we are, we're going to talk about the health of the business by not making this one mistake and calling it out. 
Yep. So true. So let's just deep dive. We're, we're not going to make you wait till the end. We're not going to like make, you know, watch the whole movie. We're going to get right into the beginning because everything that we talk about after this really correlates to alleviating this issue. So what is the one mistake you see as a coach when it comes to speakers being a standout in their industry? What's the one thing that they keep tripping up on? They're not clear on the problem they solve and how it helps their audience. And I will give you a great example of how this manifested in my life and how I corrected it and how it has been super helpful ever since then. So for those who, who don't know, a lot of my past is weight loss, lost 200 pounds, wrote a book about it, did a TED talk about it. And early on in my career, people would say, come talk, share your story. And I would. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I and who were these audiences by any chance? Anyone? Churches, corporations, <laughs> youth groups, literally anyone who was willing to pay me or give me a sandwich. <laughs> I was willing to come in the early days. Give me a gift card to Sheets. It's on. But what I realized was that what they meant by come share your story, but they weren't able to communicate was come share your story as it relates to helping my audience. Yes. Yes. Cause I would get up there and I'd be like, this is me losing weight and my traumas and people would sympathize and empathize, but I never gave them the next steps of flipping it and saying, now that we know this is possible, here's how to make it happen. And once I learned that I was able to integrate some of the life changing principles But I also had to be very cautious that I didn't go the other way, because I think there's a pendulum here. If you go too far to story, Mm -hmm. then you leave them wanting more, but not in a good way. But if you go too far to tactical, you get very confusing because people don't want the tactics until they understand what the tactics can do for them. So true. And so the great balance that I call this is... Vehicle versus destination. Far too often as speakers, and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. I am the chief of these individuals. We get really nerdy on the things we love. Mm-hmm. And we go straight to alpha level nine with this nerd. But a lot of our audience, they're not there yet. And so something that I had to overcome in learning how to do this well was the concept of time management. For me, time management is the biggest secret to weight loss. Because if you can manage your time well, A, you take care of the first typical excuse for most people, but two, or B, you also remove the cost excuse because those tend to be the two main excuses for weight loss. It's too much time, it's too much cost. Well, if you don't manage your time, you're forcing yourself to eat what I call hipster healthy. So yeah, now you are paying $21 for a salad. Whereas if you just made your time do what you wanted it to do, that same salad would cost you $3, Mm -hmm. which is cheaper than McDonald's. So how is it more expensive to lose weight? But no one cares about that just yet because no one has ever come to me and said, Jeremy, I want to look so sexy in my time management this summer. But I went straight to alpha level nerd and I'm like, this is how you do it. But that's the vehicle. I kept trying to sell the vehicle. What the audience wants and what they need is the destination. Mm -hmm. So what they want to hear is how they can lose weight. 
What they want to hear are the three secrets to sustainable weight loss. What they want to hear is that one thing missing from your fitness regimen that will actually make it stick because that's what they want. That's the destination. Yeah. Think about your own travel habits. When you're flying, if you happen to fly, do you go to Southwest and say, you know what? I really want a 737. Is this going to be a 737? Because I had—I don't want a 787. I'm, no, you're like, can I get to Austin? Can I get to Seattle? Can I get to Tacoma? You buy the destination, right? not the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I think that, dare I say, I know that is one of the biggest mistakes that costs us. And if you're suffering from this, you can do a quick check to verify if you are. If you've ever had to say something like, let me explain, you're suffering from this because you're, not, you're already not clear. Because if you were selling the destination, you wouldn't have to explain. They would look at you and go, oh, you have an opportunity to increase work, workplace productivity? That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Great. That's what I sell. Yeah. Not, not the seven, five ways of the eight, six, nine program. They're like, I just I want better employees. I don't, right? But we do. Like We get so excited about our things, as we should, but we're getting so excited about the vehicle that we're not getting them excited too about the destination. Yeah. It's a, it's such a great point. And I think there's, there's so much to unpack there. I think that the other thing too is like, and we hear this a lot with our students, like I'm so afraid to sell. Well, when you're so clear on the problem that you solve and how you solve it, that mindset just completely shifts, right? You're not afraid to sell now. Now you're like, I have to get myself out there. I have to, I have to save these people, right? Because you're so clear and you, you've maybe you've uh, worked the program or the strategy or the method or the concept with a couple of clients and you've seen the impact that it's made with them. So you're not selling any longer. You're offering an opportunity. And I, I also want to touch on something that you said, which I think is so critical as speakers. We, we, we have students that come to us and they're like, I have so much content. You have to be really cautious about that because you're there to speak for 30 to 45 minutes you're not going to solve all their problems. You almost have to just kind of rip off the bandaid and expose the pain and give them hope that there's a solution, but you're not going to solve everything. And it's almost a disservice to think that you will solve everything in one talk, especially like something like weight loss that really is a mind body connection, or um, even like sales where you really have to look at where the gaps are and how you actually fill those gaps in a quarter, the next quarter, the following quarter, and so on. And so it's really important to just focus on what's the problem that you solve and then exposing them. Like sometimes people don't know their own gaps. So it's our role as a speaker to, to expose those blind spots and then give them hope that there's a solution, but understanding what your problem is that the problem that you solve and how you solve it is game-changing for your business, game-changing. Well, and to piggyback on what you said, uh, and it, it may just be the timing, but over the past few weeks, it really helped a lot of students with their speech format. Mm-hmm. And so we can frame this any way we want, whether it's a truth you accept, whether it's a reality you didn't know. It can be as simple as giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. But when I speak with individuals about constructing their talk, if it doesn't make the first talk, that's great. You just have a second talk. Yeah. And it, totally. it, it, it's, it seems so simple though, right? But even as, as recent as yesterday, I was speaking with someone who was like, literally, this has changed my life. Because I was wondering, how am I going to fit all this into an hour? And, and she watched one of our, our coaching sessions where 
I talked about speech and speech specifically. And she was like, no one ever told me I could just write three speeches. I, I, I just thought I had to have this one keynote where everything is addressed, mm-hmm. but I can now break it up into three different thoughts. Yeah. And it just brought her so much freedom because she was stuck. She was trying to jam everything in and you, you don't have to, I, and maybe it's just because I've got kids. And so I'm always in Disney mind, but there was one of the princesses who was singing about taking the next best step. And that's really what your keynote is. Your keynote is to go there, inspire them that change is possible, whatever they want to change, and then give them the next best step. Mm-hmm. So that way they're edified in believing that change is possible, but they also see how it can apply to their life. Now, once they get to the next best step, then maybe they'll bring you back for a follow-up. Right. Or hire you to consult or coach. Or do a workshop where you can dive really deep. Right. And, and again, you touched upon it. I think it was Dan Miller who talks about how money are just tokens of appreciation. You come to me with a problem that you solve, i.e. aspirin. I have a headache. I'm giving you tokens of appreciation in exchange for that resolved headache. I feel like that's so powerful, but also so simplistically true of us as speakers. Mm-hmm. We're going out and we're, we're changing the world one office at a time. I know that sounds hokey, but it's really true, right? Because if you can impact an office culture... And if an office is where most people spend the majority of their time and they have a better workplace experience, well, they're going to bring those positive vibes home and they're not having a better home experience. Mm -hmm. And the butterfly effect of that is massive. And I know you've seen this with health and wellness, right? right? Like you can stop generational issues by helping one person. And so if one parent gets fit, that could change the trajectory of the children, which then changes the trajectory of the grandchildren. And now all of a sudden, an entire bloodline has a different perspective on life because of one person speaking. I mean, to me, that's massively powerful. And that is way more. I mean, like, if you could think about it as a human, if someone says, hey, if you give me $5,000, I will guarantee you $100,000. You'd be like, yeah, I'd like, I like that math. Well, if you're giving a company $100,000 worth of value in better sales, lower turnover, lower premiums on their corporate wellness program, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if you're giving them a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars worth of value, five thousand dollars is nothing. Yeah. I mean, and the same goes to relationships or parenting. Like if you could turn oh, yeah. to a parent and say, I could promise you that I'm going to make you an awesome parent and you're going to have a wonderful relationship with your children, life going, they'll even make the bed every day. (laughs) Like, come on, who's not signing up for that? But I think, I think the big point here, because this, we could talk about driving home the point of how important, you know, understanding the problem that you solve is, but there is a reality that some of our students come in and there is resistance to really narrowing this down. And I have empathy for them because some people have had multiple lives in one life life. And so they, they can talk about a lot of things. So what do you do as a coach um, to help our speakers that are having a hard time with this, like really narrow this in and get really specific because you and I both know, like you have some students who are just like, yes, please help me narrow down, you know? And then you have other students who are like, wait a minute, don't put me in that box. Like, I want to speak to all the people about all the things. So what do you do personally to help them do that? There's two approaches I take. One of them's cute. One of them's tactical. 
We'll start with the cute one because, again, Disney brain, right? Mm. In terms of the era, the idea of niching down, a lot of people feel it's restrictive. And I got to go to the great philosophy from the first Cars movie. Have you seen the first Cars movie? Possibly. You know it's me in movies. Not so great. Lightning McQueen, young up-and-comer, is trying to be the best race car driver he can be. Meets an old sage, Doc. And Doc keeps saying, look, man, you've got to slow down in the corners because you're killing your launch speed because you're going too fast into the corner. And Lightning McQueen's like, this is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Slow down to go fast. Hmm. And it then cuts to your classic montage where he's in the desert and he's, you know, taking all these cactuses in the, in the tailpipe. And he finally understands that if he slows down the corner speed, he gets a better launch off of the corner exit, which gives him a better all time, mm-hmm. meaning slowing down actually makes him go faster. It's 100% the same way with picking an audience. We think we're limiting ourselves by trying to be everything to everyone. But when we actually narrow our audience, we realize how big that audience actually is yeah, and how underserved they are because so many other people are thinking, I'll just be everything to everyone. And the people who genuinely need the help aren't getting the attention from the people they could be getting if not for us saying, no, I see you, I hear you, and I want to help you. So the first is to remember the cars analogy that sometimes you got to slow down to go fast. Yeah, I love that. The other is who does your heart break for? I mean, honestly, like for me, my heart breaks for those who are struggling with being overweight because I know there's an overwhelming majority of those individuals who are so desperate for change, they're willing to take bad and incomplete advice. And I feel because of my personal successes and my professional successes with weight loss, that I have gotten an ability to be a voice of reason because I've accomplished everything they want to accomplish. I have the most clear, succinct, and dare I say, fun way for them to lose weight. And I, I feel like if I don't tell those people, they're going to get bad advice. It's just going to frustrate them more. And I know that there's people listening to this who feel the same way about sales, who feel the same way about HR, who feel the same way about parenting. Yeah, They've seen what they want to talk about change people's lives. So why not help those? And one of the things we talk about as we get to module four and we really dive deep into lead finding, one of the constant surprises is, wow, I had no idea there was an association for this. I had no idea that yeah. this association had county chapters. We, a few months ago, was speaking with a lawyer client uh, student. And just in California, there was like 56 different meetings she could speak at. But that's just California. That's a lot of meetings. I mean, there's still 50 states. There's still 49 yeah. other states that this. Uh, so it's like shnikes, mm-hmm. right? What she thought was limiting. Oh, I don't want to speak just to lawyers. I want to speak to professionals. Now it's, I could speak here once a week and not even leave California. Crap. This is way more than I thought. Yeah. I, 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 um, when I'm coaching students around this, what I ask them is like, if I was to put you on stage right now, you had no idea, like the keynote speaker didn't show up and I tap you on the shoulder and I'm like, I need you on stage right now. What would you talk about for 30 minutes without a single note card, without a single slide and you'd rock that audience? What would it be? And in that is there's that passion and purpose because we're, we're emotionally connected to it. So like you're saying, you're emotionally connected to people who are struggling with their weight. 
And so if you could find out what you're emotionally connected to, and it could be leadership, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, personal development, but it could be leadership. It could be sales. It could be HR, but what is that thing that when you're talking about it, you could do it in your sleep and you're on fire and people are drawn to you for it. If you can discover that it really does help you niche down and get very specific in the problem that you solve. The other important aspect of this, which we don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because we've covered it in other episodes, but it allows you to get really sharp and what I call sexy perk up effect marketing. Because when you know your audience and you know the problem that you solve, you start speaking language very differently. You get so specific. It's, it's almost like when you're at a restaurant and you're ordering, ordering food, you're very specific in what you want because you want it to come out right. If you just were like, yeah, I'll have that thing, whatever, whatever you want to, you know, who knows what's going to come out. And it's the same thing when you're speaking about your speaking business, you can't just be a thing that talks about a thing to those things. You have to be the person who talks about X to solve Y to all the people who are Z, right? That's when the right people pay attention. And when you're marketing yourself and putting yourself out there as an opportunity for people, the right people show up. So you get to a yes a lot faster. That's my little analog. <laughs> no, I, I, I am so, you said that so well. Well, thank you. So well said. I, I, I will just sit here and, and wait for the next topic because that was so well said that I yeah. can't back on it. Because it's, it's true, right? Like when you're mm-hmm. that clear, you speak differently, you have more confidence and you, you become that expert that you already are. Yeah. And it, I mean, you could see I, this week, I spoken to a couple of our uh, graduates, if you will, throwing up quotes. And um, I got to do a couple of testimonial interviews and like literally this one person, and I won't drop any names, but stay tuned. He'll be on the website soon. But um, literally he's beaming. He's like literally beaming. He's, and he uses the words, I'm so happy. I'm thriving. Now you can't get to that unless you're very specific on what you do, who you do it for, how you do it. You can't, you just can't. Cause you're just always going to be the squirrel on a hamster wheel. And that's a hot mess. The hamster on the hamster wheel is a mess, but a squirrel on a hamster wheel game over. (laughs) Like the tail's too big. It gets caught. You get hair everywhere. Everything's a mess. Falling. It's a mess. So you really have to get hyper-focused because it, I know it's, it might be uncomfortable and we, as, as coaches totally get it. We're not like, no, you must, you know, we work with you. We figure it out, but it's, it's something that we drive home because we, we know how important it is. Um, Not only from our own speaking businesses, but from watching students who do exactly that and have not overnight success. I don't want to like sell unicorns here, but they have quicker, faster turnover of getting booked and paid to speak because of it. So can't drive it home how important it is. But why do you think like students really resist this so much? Like there's somebody listening to this going, yeah, I don't want to niche down, you know? So why do you think that is? as one of those flow chart type questions, because I, I, well, I feel like it all comes from disbelief, right? If, if we were visually painting a flow chart, disbelief would be at the top, but then disbelief there's of, a, of what, like, sorry to interrupt disbelief oh, of I'm, I'm getting there. I'm just, Oh, sorry. Picture. No, I appreciate it. Like, Hurry up. You're, you're so excited. You can't wait to get to the answer. So if we have disbelief at the top, right. It then octopuses out into different tentacles. So it's disbelief of, will my audience actually be enough to sustain a speaking career? 
or it's the disbelief of, is my topic strong enough to be welcome and sustainable in that market? Is it disbelief that they will actually be the expert on stage that they feel they are behind the keyboard? That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. It's multiple levels of disbelief and you can kind of choose your adventure, which one you don't believe. Mm -hmm. And to some degree, they may all be true, right? Like to some degree, it may be disbelief in the strength of their message or in the worthiness of their story or in the fact that, because a lot of, a lot of, to explain this, I have to explain this. So forgive me, but like in today's society, especially with online commerce, results are just as, if not more important than accreditations. And there are people who will say, you know, they'll come home from three tours of duty. They've cured themselves from PTSD and they want to speak to the military, but then they'll say, but I don't have a degree in this. And it's like, yeah, but you lived it. And, and like, I understand this because I don't have any therapeutic initials after my name, but every time I go and I speak to a psychologist about weight loss, their mind's blown at the depth of which I know mm-hmm. because I didn't study it. I lived it. Right. And so I think that disbelief plays a part sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think to, to wrap it all up, it's disbelief, honestly, that keeps people from niching down. It's yeah. just what don't they believe that there is a market that will sustain them, that their topic will be welcome in this market, that they're the one who can carry this banner. Yeah. I think it all stems to disbelief. Yeah. I think there's like people listening who would love to be one of our students right now. And I think a lot of them, you know, we know this when students come in, they're like, sometimes I'll talk to potential students for EAs. I know you have as well. And it's like this question of like, but there's so many people talking about this already, you know? And so that's a disbelief that they're not worthy of speaking about it because so-and-so is talking about it. Right. And here's how I normalize that response, right? Like for those who have a faith in Jesus, how many churches open up? The message hasn't changed. (laughs) <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Every year it's like thousands of new churches. Yeah. Well, and I always say to people, well, there's no new words. I hate to say it, but there's no new words. And, you know, the topic of leadership wasn't discovered by, you know, like yesterday, it's been around for ever, you know, or the topic of HR or the topic of love or, you know, you name it. So like, don't get caught up in the fact that you might say something similar than the person who's also in your same industry, there's no new words. You're just going to say it a little differently. And the right people are going to be drawn to you because of the way that you show up and deliver the message. Well, and not just the first off, yes to all of that, but also to kind of piggyback on that. I feel that we forget the world is massive. And, and I bring this up because take the people that I nerd out on. Like I love the John A. Cuffs of the world, the Don Millers of the world. And I love seeing your face because you're like, who's John Acuff, right? (laughs) New York Times, Wall Street Journal, best-selling author. There are people who are like, who's that? I'm like, I was in his book. That's cool. They're like, good for you, honey. But we take these massive superstars who are celebrities to us, who are, you know, 1 million, 10 million, $15 million online entities, speakers. And it's like, who's Chris Brogan? I know. I know. You're so right. You're so right. And, And like, we forget just how large the world is. Yeah. It's I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I I want to ripped on that for a second because I had this moment where I had my very first business retreat and had 
like 20 women in the room. I was all excited. And I, I dropped this name. That's, you know, to me, she was like the queen of business coaching and online space. And they were like, who? I was like, no way. Like, you don't know her, (laughs) you know? So you're so right. The world is small. And even though you're in a certain circle, it doesn't mean everybody's exposed to the same people. And so I feel like it's ironic. I'm talking about this tomorrow, but facts versus feelings, Mm -hmm. right? The fact of the matter is there is more than enough room at this table for anyone and everyone, even if we don't feel it. But that's something that people really do have to work on. You know, again, there's probably somebody listening to this right now who really wants to be a speaker lab elite booked and paid to speak student or another type of student here with us in our cohorts. But there's this resistance because of this disbelief, like, can I do it? Can I do it as well as the next person? No, hint, hint, you'll probably do it better than the next person for your right audience. So just sidebarring that. But there is this like disbelief. And then there's the, once you're like, you know what? I'm going in, I'm doing this, right? Then there's the financial investment. So then you go through the whole emotional roller coaster again. Am I worthy? Should I be dropping this kind of money on myself? You know, so there, there is such a process to getting to the realization that you are here to make an impact and what you want to speak on, how you're going to deliver that message. There is more than enough room at the table, as you just said so well. There's a, there's a process that people have to go through. Well, I feel like, and I didn't understand this until I, I dove into it myself, but I think that's what makes the coaching so important because if you don't have someone advocating for you, who's really unbiased, right? Like, yes, I want to see every single student that I speak with succeed, but pandering to them, if they're not doing something right, doesn't help them succeed. Right. 100%. And, and I think sometimes we surround ourselves with too many friends and there's nothing wrong with friends, but then you end up getting this echo chamber where you start feeling one way, your friends feel the same way. And now all of a sudden this little echo chamber says, well, that can't happen to me. That only happens to them. Or I didn't have this amazing story that just, I I can't speak. And, you know, that's where people like you, myself, we get to go, nope, literally anyone can do this but it's going to take some refining and we get the gifts of these students who need just some need a smidge, some need a lot, yeah. but we get the opportunity to really squelch a lot of those lies that they tell themselves or they believe for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And we can show them in another reality that is just as true because we've all lived it. Like that's the great thing, especially with the speaker lab is it's, it's not a bunch of people coming up here throwing theory. It's people who have, who have to drink tea because they've spoken so much that their throat is a little sore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, true. And so I think, I think you're absolutely right with all of that. Yeah. I think you touched on something really important there. It's, it's, you know, the, the value of the coaching is, could be understated or underestimated if you haven't experienced coaching before. And so, you know, oftentimes students will come in and they'll be like, well, what's, what's the coaching thing? Like what, I mean, coaching is, even though it's been around, it's, it's fairly new concept, you know, it was like either therapy or lots of luck therapy or medication. Right. But now like the, the concept of coaching has really spread out from not just executive coaching, but, you know, life coaching and business coaching, you have 
coaches who help you sing, coaches who help you stay on track, time management, like you name it, there's, there's coaches for everything. But if you haven't had a direct experience with that, you may not understand the concept of it and what it actually does. Something I always love to talk about, and I always share this with you guys, is like the, the beauty and the importance of us as coaches holding the space for our students. And, you know, sometimes people don't like that no talking. People are very uncomfortable with that. So people always try to fill the space with something. <laughs> but one of the things that's really beautiful about coaching is you can let that silence give people the opportunity to actually think something we are not good as humans is giving ourselves time for silence to actually think. But coaching can do that. Having that space to really think and process and have somebody asking you critical questions or have somebody say, hey, I see your tone really dipped down and you kind of folded into yourself when you were talking about that. What's coming up for you? Like, we need to talk about that because you're not connecting to it. But those are, those are hard things to explain on a sales call when it comes to coaching. So I'd love to know, like when it comes to you being a coach and especially with this big mistake, like really helping people get to the crux of what problem they solve, what do you find is really helpful when you're holding the space for students or, or walking them? Do you have like a protocol that you walk them through to help them get to the big problem that they solve? Yeah, I think for me, it comes to if they're really confused, I simply ask them, what do you want or what do you need your audience to know 15 minutes after they saw you speak that they didn't know 15 minutes before? Because that speech should be transformational because there should be at least one to three nuggets of things that are life changing. Mm -hmm. And and I don't use those words lightly because that's what we're here for. Transform mm-hmm. businesses, transform people, transform other things. Yep. So that's where we start. And I'd say you'd be amazed, but I know that you know, once people can sort of get it out of their head, and I can just sit here and take notes and craft what we call the expert positioning statement, which is I help these individuals do this thing so that this outcome. And I'll say quite often after they're, they're done kind of wrapping it up, normally they'll say, I don't know if that's what you wanted, but this is what I feel. And I'm like, this is fantastic. What I've heard is blank, blank, blank. And they're like, that's exactly what I do. (laughs) I'm like, thank you for telling me. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. (laughs) I always say like, I'll always say, you know, I'll say it out loud. Like I'll say, this is what I just wrote down. They're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm like, well, that's what you just told me. They're like, I did. I'm like, yes, yes. You know? So I always say this too, like they already have the answers within them. They're the expert. They're the speaker who wants to speak on this thing because they went through this thing and now they're on the other side and they want to share it with the world. Right. So it's amazing how, when you hold the space and you take them through this little like mental roadmap, you know, so they, they know, okay, turn right, turn left, turn right. They're like, wow. I got here. And you're like, yeah, you did. You know, Thank you so much. I'm like, what are you thinking me for? I just asked you some questions, you know, but that is the power of it. Like asking just these simple questions. Like I take them through, like, what do you want people to feel? How do you want people to be after they hear this? What do you want them to do with what you're sharing with them? And just that little step-by-step-by-step people are like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> yeah. So it's true. Like you could see the veil get lifted right away, right off of their eyes, which is 
Really awesome. To wrap up, and I think this is a powerful way to wrap up, what kind of advice would you give aspiring speakers in terms of really trusting that one, they have the answers within them, but two, the coaching will help really draw that out. What kind of advice could you give someone, especially people who have never gone through coaching? What do they, maybe, maybe the question's better off, like, what do they need to know in order to be able to trust that process that we will get to the, the big problem that you solve, but you just have to trust that the coaching aspect of it. When I look at it in this light, it makes me realize that a lot of people are more familiar with coaching than they know. They just don't see it in the space that they're looking for it. And what I mean by that is this. I'll just use men, for example, because I am one and I played Little League Baseball. There are coaches in Little League that helped me hit a baseball. So for anyone who's ever played Little League Baseball, Little League Soccer, Little League Softball, or if you have kids going through that right now, maybe they're voice teachers helping you sing, or maybe it's theater. You've already experienced the power of coaching. I think where it gets challenging is we've accepted that norm in the performance arts and in the sporting realm. Yes. As it comes to creativity, speech, life, business, for some reason, we think the value and relevancy of coaching expires if it's not on a field. Yeah, it's such a great point. It's almost like a, um, it goes back to like that disbelief in value. Like, am I worthy to invest in this kind of a coach to make me better? Personal training. I mean, we'll, we'll spend how many hundreds of dollars to make sure our techniques are correct so we don't hurt ourselves to quicken the process to our fitness goals. This is the same way. You're having people who know this process inside and out, who have various onstage and academic accolades, who can look at what's going on and go, oh, I've seen tens of these scenarios before or hundreds of these scenarios before. This is the path of least resistance. Try this. Yeah. And because our experience, like just for myself, having 20 years experience, I I know and I can quicken someone's journey from 10 years of trying to figure it out to 10 months of just do this. And all of a sudden they've 10 X their success. So to kind of the point, I think a lot of us know coaching makes a difference because we've seen it in our kids' lives. We've seen it in our lives as kids. We just have to take away the barrier of thinking that for some reason there are places it doesn't apply because what a coach does is they take the knowledge curve and shorten it for you in everything, whether it's it Because if you don't know how to get connected to the internet, what happens? Someone coaches you how to get your router set up. We don't question that. Yeah. So I think just understanding that there are people who know what they're doing, who can quicken this process and it's relevant to just about everything you want to do. Yeah. I mean, they even have coaches for shopping. Let's be real. I mean, legit. When we sold our house in Nashville, we had someone coach us on how to rearrange furniture to get the most of the asking price. Yeah. House staging coaches. I coach one of those. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. And I, I think, you know, I had a student say to me, yes, that two days ago, I asked him, you know, what would, what would his life be like now if he didn't join the speaker lab? And he's like, you know, he said it so well, he's like, it's like, I could have exerted all the money, time and energy to do this myself a hundred percent. But because of the speaker lab, I compounded that Mm. And I saved myself a ton of money, time and energy. And now I actually have this business that's thriving and I'm making money and like five times his investment, you know, back 
to himself. And I was like, yeah, it's like so interesting. It's, it's like such a great way to put it because you could do this on your own. I mean, Google, you could Google anything. Right. But there's a lot of things, you know, and he said it so well, he's like, what do I put my contract? What's that first email supposed to look like? How do I actually do a phone conversation based on, you know, do I overkill and sell myself or do I like, you know, be smooth and laid back? Like, how do I do that? And he's like, you get all that with the speaker lab. And I, if I didn't have that, I'd probably still be spinning my wheels. He was more of the hamster, not the squirrel just yet, but you know, we get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think like, especially when it comes to this, it's like, if you want to be a successful speaker, you have to know what space you want to own. And you know that by understanding the problem that you solve and you get there by being coached and um, being asked those critical questions to help you build out that roadmap to know that's what I do. That's who I do it for. The world needs me, you know? (laughs) So, well, this was awesome. I think we, uh, drop some really great nuggets. Hopefully the audience is picking it up. Um, but if you are interested in becoming a speaker and you're serious about taking that next step, do not hesitate to reach out and book a strategy call with one of our fabulous, uh, SDRs. And, um, hopefully we'll see you guys on the other side. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. There you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the speaker lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.